Welcome to another episode of Practical Nutrition. I'm Cassie. I'm Alex. I'm Amanda. And I'm Maria. And today we are talking about a very exciting topic that we get asked a lot of questions about. I actually had a client today that was asking me about pre-workouts, a new client. And I was like, well, I'm actually doing a podcast today about that. <laughs> Be so sure to listen up. Listen up. <laughs> so, um, so this is something, again, you know, that as sports dietitians, we've been using the words pre-workout for years. Um, but that is what we're talking about and what most people think about are totally opposite. You know, we're talking about, okay, what what are you eating before a workout? What are you drinking? What's your routine? Um, and what most people think of when they think pre-workout is what, Maria? What would you say? The powder in the can. Yes. Or like a, the fast drink right. that they do right before. Yes. So yeah. it's kind of like, um, you know, the, what pre-workout do you do? It's all about the product. Um, and so um, so it is definitely different now. Um, and we're going to dive into what pre-workouts are, if they work, are they safe, and what our recommendations are for achieving your best workout in a safe way. So, um, you know, because our goal is definitely to help people um, get whatever kinds of help they can get. <laughs> so, um, right. but, you know, pre-workouts so, are a huge business. And I'll have Alex talk about some of the stats here. <laughs> yeah, so it's kind of mind-blowing. They're, it's worth $15 billion as of 2020 uh, based on growth trends expected uh, to be almost $24 billion in 2027. And that's a huge, so that's a lot of money at stake here. That's a lot of money. So is that in your research, Cassie, is that just pre-workout? Yes. That's incredible. Just pre-workout. $24 billion. Wow. That's, it's like a huge trend, like in the fitness realm, fitness influencers, it's part of like the aesthetic and the vibe of just the fitness world. Yeah. Is it trending to younger athletes now or is that just me? No, absolutely. Yeah. The younger. Yes. So yeah. And social media plays like Amanda said a big role in that, you know, and I feel like with younger people being on social media, I'm sure it's like, well, she's, she or he or whoever's taking it, so maybe I should take it yes. type of thing. And, I mean, it, it gets a lot of publicity, like you said, on social media. And then they have these challenges, too, which this even has been part of a challenge, which is a dry, like a dry intake of the pre-workout. So you don't mix it with water. You just put the scoop in, in your mouth. You know, That sounds dangerous. It is. <laughs> so, so anytime you have, okay, this is a product that kids are looking at. Kids are thinking it's funny. Kids are, you know, um, and, and potentially there is a, a big danger with that for sure. So. There totally is. Um, and they are pre-workout, essentially. Um, they are in the supplement section of consumerisms, which basically means anything goes, which is kind of scary. Yes. So <laughs> It's the Wild West. It is the Wild West. <laughs> so unfortunately, before hitting the shelf, there is no one looking at the ingredients and amounts, whether they have what they say they have, quality testing, or looking for anything that might hurt you, such as pharmaceuticals, contaminants, or banned or illegal substances. So again, this is one of those things that falls under the supplement category. It's not regulated by the FDA, which can be kind of scary when you talk about caffeine and all that kind of stuff, which we're going to hit here in just a minute. We could literally call China right now and request pre-workout to be sent here and there'd be no one that tested to make sure it was safe or test regulated it coming into the country. Do So you're saying also that energy drinks fall under this as well, mm-hmm. right? Right. Okay. That's what I was thinking. Just yes. To clarify. yes. And we're kind of, you know, this isn't specifically on energy drinks, but that is part, I mean, those are also a part of the pre-workout, um, but those were not in the numbers that we gave as far as sales. That was specifically on things that are uh, marketed for pre-workouts. Okay. And throw that in on top of that. I'm yeah. sure it's even... A lot more money. (laughs) Yes. So there will be a lot more products, a lot more marketing, you know, all of those things coming out. So, you know, and 
I think it makes a lot of sense that people are drawn to pre-workouts. I get it, you oh, know, that's so true. that's what, you know, so, um, we've all been there. Like what, I mean, what do you think, Maria? Like, would you like an extra energy boost? I was just going <laughs> to use that phrase. Like, you're so tired. I need to pick me up to, you know, get this done. And then I think that the way it's marketed is it helps you get more. It supposedly helps you get more out of your workout. So you're like, mm-hmm. Oh, it's a win-win. I, get this boost of energy, I get a good workout in, I get the best out of it. Yeah. Which, I mean, I don't know. Who wouldn't want that? I was honestly asking uh, Cassie about it with, you know, both of my kids are athletes and they were asking me and they have friends who are using it. I'm like, is this really just caffeine? Like what else is in this? And is it safe for them? Like Mm -hmm. which one is, is there one for high schoolers? Like, I, I don't know, but it seems like it's everywhere. And the drinks are at, you know, the gas station convenience stores and, yeah, you know, we're, so it's easy. For, they see it everywhere. Yeah. And we were talking about younger athletes. You mentioned like we were just discussing that. And I feel like whenever clients come in and it's like a younger athlete and a parent, that's like one of the, it's always the parent that brings it up. Like, so my son or my daughter's really interested in pre-workout. What are your thoughts? You know what I mean? I feel like it's the parent that's always like over a little bit worried about it, which I hope maybe we're reaching out to a younger audience here too that's listening I hope as so, well because the flavors are like blue raspberry mm-hmm. watermelon they're fruit all, loop you yes, know <laughs> all these flavors that it's you know doesn't yeah. seem like it's being advertised to adults necessarily yeah. you know I have yeah. absolutely been part of this movement like earlier in college and undergrad before I was really educated on like nutrition at all um And just following a lot of social media fitness influencers, everyone that I followed and looked up to used pre-workout and did the challenges. So yeah, confession time, I absolutely dry scooped pre-workout for like three years straight before every workout because that was just part of the lifestyle that they were projecting. And also the brands that are selling this a lot of time are also selling like other types of supplements and merchandise and active wear. And they're selling like the influencers themselves and like access to talk to them or to have experiences with them. So it's just like their wow. marketing is so engaging and creative that it really draws you in. Yes. What so. is the alleged benefit from dry scooping as opposed to just doing it? How yeah. is that supposed to be better? I feel like Faster? it just what? looks... It looks hardcore, Maria. Is that know. it? I know. Cool. I, I think it's just people, yeah, people yes. that you know. I think it's just people you look up to are doing yeah. it and saying it's cool. And like you said, the influencers, yeah. you know. And so and so many people are out there, you know, which to me, this is a big red flag of, okay, this is what I do. So this must be what you should do, yeah. you know, kind right. of thing. Yes. And, so, um, and so that isn't necessarily the best way to help people make healthy lifestyle changes and find out what's best for them, mm-hmm. which is more a client-focused or person-focused, you know, type of nutrition help that we try to give. But it is, you know, so it is something that you see someone doing it. And that's why I think so many kids are doing it because they see their friends doing it or they see people that they look up to or they say, I want to look like that, so I'm going to do the same thing. they're modeling the behavior. Yes, Yes. and so, um, yes. So, and two, you, you have to remember that a lot of these influencers are probably given the products for free, probably given money, you know, to, um, to promote it. Yeah, use my code when you purchase this pre-workout and you're like, oh, I love this influencer. I want them to benefit from their hard work making this video dry scooping. So, you know. 
Yes. It's a whole engaging Yes, community. so it is. So so we know kind of why people are drawn to this, right? Um, so let's talk more about it. Because again, we're open-minded. Um, we do recommend supplements for, for a lot of people for a lot of different reasons. But um, but we just wanted to kind of get this behind the science so you can um, be educated and make the best choice for you. And so, um, so we'll get into that. But during my research, I stumbled upon this forbidden pre-workout. Have you guys heard of this? No. No, but I find... <laughs> this interesting and amusing. I know. So, um, so if you haven't heard of it, um, it's the practice of looking at texts from your ex before a workout instead of using a supplement and it will, you know, make <laughs> so you upset. Weird. Like, um, I know I asked my daughter about this. She's like, Oh yeah. You know, there, there are guys like, and they show their friend, like a picture of his ex kissing someone else. And then he's like doing these bench presses all hard, and, you know? And so, oh, that's <laughs> this hilarious. Is, is this an old thing or this is no, it's a, a new thing. thing. It's a TikTok thing. <laughs> it's almost like when powerlifters like smelling salts right before they pull a heavy lift. You like look at a picture of your ex or like a text where you get triggered and then yeah, the trigger. <laughs> so I mean, I guess it kind of gets your adrenaline going and might be helpful, but um, but you know, I think it's probably not best for your mental health <laughs> since it's relying on negative emotions and that might tr- create this pathway of needing negative emotions to have your best performance, which is to me not something that you would want to. Um, try to do so. right funny. yes but anyway I just thought that was funny yeah <laughs> so, that is funny um okay so let's talk about the ingredients that are typically in these pre-workouts and a lot of this um you know there is research behind these ingredients which we are going to talk about and so um and often there may be a synergistic effect from the ingredients together um and some people in the, this industry too have proprietary blends which we don't really know what is in them, but these are some of the active ingredients that you'll awful, also see on the label um, most of the time. So um, the first one, which we mentioned before, is caffeine. So caffeine um, is definitely a part. Now, there are some pre-workouts that are non-stimulant um, that don't have caffeine in them, that have other things, but um, oftentimes um, they have caffeine in them. And caffeine is a central nervous stimulant, and it actually makes you think that you're not working as hard as you are. And it's something that we... Um, you know, do recommend for some clients if that's something that they want to have. Um, it is shown to improve performance outcomes in most every event <laughs> that it's tested on. Mm-hmm. And so um, and so that is huge because, again, um, I'm really looking at performance outcomes. So are you actually performing better in your sport? Um, and does that, whatever the outcomes in some of the studies, it may not translate to actual better performance. And so that's what we want to look at. Caffeine definitely does. Um, It also increases brain function during exercise, so it can help you focus more um, and, you know, think on faster and all the things that athletes want to do. The protocol is specific based on body weight. It's three to nine milligrams per kilogram of body weight, 60 minutes before your workout to get the benefits. And so, um, again, and I liked, I'm pointing these protocols out today because um, sometimes the supplement will um, kind of jump on the bandwagon of, oh, everybody knows this is this is something that will help performance. I'm going to throw it in there, but it may not have enough to help your performance or it may have too much, you know? So, um, and um, again, you know, looking at the amount of things in them is important. Um, I, unfortunately, you can't trust necessarily that what they put on the label is actually what's in there, but, um, but just so you can make an informed choice when you're looking at products. 
And we'll yeah. talk about the next one. Amanda, you want to talk about creatine? Yes. So creatine is important for carrying energy and providing direct energy to the muscles. So it's shown to improve performance outcomes in sprinting events. It also can help improve recovery between the sprinting events. And the protocol for that is you start with what's called rapid loading. So for five days, you're doing four servings of five grams per day. Or you can do three to five grams a day for four weeks. Um, and then from that point on, we're in the maintenance phase, which is three to five grams per day. Yeah. And both of those protocols work equally well. One just takes a little bit longer. So, you know, if you're a little nervous about supplements um, and don't want to do, you know, like the high doses, you can just stretch it out and you'll get the benefits after or that level you want in your blood after a month instead of after a week. So um, they both work well. And a lot of people don't realize that too. Yeah. yeah. And a lot of these are very, I mean, caffeine, creatine, well studied, yes. especially by themselves. Um, and we're going to, I think, go over brands and stuff. Yes, we will. Maybe. Yeah. Um, um, so just keeping that in mind, this is, we're not saying don't have these things or whatever, just being like Cassie said, educated about it. Um, cause there is benefit if you do it the right way. Yes. Um, next would be a beta alanine, which is an amino acid that works with histidine as a buffer in your muscles. So it improves high intensity exercise capacity and performance and activity lasting 30 seconds to about 10 minutes. Um, so a little bit higher intensity, quicker exercises. So the protocol would be 3.2 to 6.4 grams per day, which would equate to about 65 milligrams per kilogram body weight. And that's for about two to 12 weeks. So again, that dosing for longer periods of time. Yeah. And a lot of these research studies aren't showing, okay, what happens if you take it longer or what, you know, again, like um, Alex mentioned, caffeine and creatine are probably the two most studied supplements mm -hmm. that you can take and both work really well. Beta alanine also um, is, you know, highly probable for helping with performance as far as outcomes go. So that's another one that you'll see in the pre-workouts that we do um, recommend as far as something that would improve performance. And so um, let's talk about, I'll, I'll talk about this next one and I'm going to give so yes good segue there nitric oxide arginine alpha ketoglutarate beetroot and citrulline you know you may see any of those in there citrulline I would say is probably the most popular one right now that you would see or some um you know, form of citrulline. Um, but basically what that does is promotes vasodilation, which enhances the blood flow and ability to carry oxygen throughout your body, which would be a performance benefit. It does improve muscle efficiency, mainly because you're getting more oxygen to your muscles, which is going to carry um, nutrients to the muscles and then byproducts that you want to get rid of away. And so that would be a benefit. Um, there are some studies that show improvements in anaerobic and aerobic performance, especially in untrained athletes. The data on trained athletes is not as evident. So um, it might be helpful for someone who's just starting out working out, feel better and feel like they can do more, which could be a benefit. And um, for citrulline, again, which is the, the more common one that you're seeing now, um, it's six to 10 grams a day is shown to be helpful. And again, the protocol that we're talking about is what research has shown to be helpful for performance, not necessarily what's in the products. Um, so let's talk about branch chain amino acids next. Yeah, BCAAs. I feel like that's a really trendy 
product in the supplement world too. Um, so amino acids that count as BCAAs are leucine, isoleucine, and valine, and they're metabolized when carb stores are lower in the body. So it can improve immune function with hard training, but they may decrease post-exercise muscle soreness, um, which would be a good thing. And the protocol for BCAAs is 5 to 20 grams per day of divided doses. Yeah, and BCAAs aren't really shown to have this big performance benefit. Again, but if you um, are someone who eats less carbs, you know, that might be helpful for energy during your workouts. Um, may not be as um, helpful as carbs are, but um, but if you're low in stores, and then like Amanda said, you know, you may not get sick as often if you're training hard, and you may not feel that muscle soreness as much, um, and that may be a benefit to you um, with your training. So, um, yes. And so who's going to say this next word? <laughs> I vote Alex. <laughs> okay. I will try. <clears throat> so the next one is alpha glycerol phosphorylcholine. Yes. Clos- yeah, that, 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 whatever that I just said. Just repeat that slowly. AGPC. Yeah, we're going to call it AGPC. <laughs> um, so it affects nerve muscle connection and shown to increase choline in the body. So limited research has shown improvements in the ability to maintain reaction time and exhausted muscles, jumping ability and power and velocity improvements. So there's limited research. More research is needed. There's always, there could always be more research, um, especially with ones that aren't as well studied like AGPC. Uh, but the protocol would be 600 milligrams a day if you were to take that. Yeah. So, and that was, that's a newer one. So Mm -hmm. you may see, you know, um, a lot of the, you know, stuff online is like, oh, this is the supplement you've been missing to get all these performance benefits. And, you know, it it definitely is promising. And so um, for certain things that should help you have better outcomes in sport, but, um, but again, it's a newer one. So um, that's just something to be aware of. So, so um, I found a ton of research actually um, that's pretty recent on pre-workout specifically, um, but you know, um, overall, I would say um, the pre-workouts themselves. Um, I'll, I'll read some of the um, results from these. Um, I don't want to bore you guys too much with a bunch of research um, studies, but but just so you kind of know what's out there on the actual pre-workouts themselves. So I'm not talking about those specific ingredients that we talked about um, just a second ago. So um, there are some placebo-controlled studies, which are, these are all placebo-controlled studies that I'm going to talk about today uh, because we want to make sure that um, they are better studies and that's going to be the gold standard. Um, so that is going to be something that is randomized and controlled placebo. So that way you don't have the placebo effect because placebo effect is huge mm-hmm. in sport. <laughs> so, um, which is okay, <laughs> that's fine. But um, but we don't want to have that um, try saying anything with our data here. So, um, so there was a 2022 um, study that showed um, that there was improvement from a pre-workout and force production in a squat test where it was isometric, so just holding a squat. But they didn't show any improvement in leg press, bench press, or squat, which I thought was interesting. So, yeah. um, And the supplement with the caffeine did have an improvement in feelings of energy over non-caffeinated or placebo, which is, to me, not surprising. Yeah, that, that would make sense. <laughs> right? That checks out. Yeah. So, um, And then in 2018, um, there was another study so that... 
um, showed mixed results as far as improved force and power production. And so um, this was actually a review of studies. And so most of the studies they found were short. Um, And so, and then also they cautioned that formulations may intentionally contain banned substances or unintentionally contain contaminants. So so that was kind of their overall in the 2018 um, review of all the pre-workouts. So so that's just, again, interesting. So in 2019, there was actually a thousand people, which this is a big study, one of the bigger studies I found. um, So that used pre-workouts on average four to five days for over a year. So it's kind of like these people have been using it for a long time. And so, um, and they were just looking at the use and what they did. Unfortunately, they didn't look at if they worked or not on this one, but, um, but it said that 14% of the people that use them doubled the dose every day and 18% used it more than once a day. Um, 54% of those people that used it had, even once a day, had side effects, including skin reactions, heart abnormalities, and nausea. So it's over half <laughs> So that have been using it for over a year. Right. I mean, that's kind of... Yeah. And even with those side effects, they're using it that long and more than one time right. a day. Yeah. yeah. I can totally relate with the skin reactions. I used to have like what was almost like eczema-looking patches, and when I stopped the pre-workout... That magically went away. Not saying that's related. It could be unrelated, but if the study's finding that in over half the people, it could be... It could be associated. Mm-hmm. Yeah, it interesting. Be. It could yeah. be. Yeah. So, and there was a 2023 study that I actually liked because, and I included it here, but um, because it had what you know the standardized amounts were. It was 200 milligrams of caffeine, 3.3 grams of creatine, 3.2 grams of beta alanine, six grams of citrulline, and five grams of BCAA. So that's a lot of the stuff we just talked about. Mm-hmm. Um, and there were improvements in jumping, agility, power, and fatigue in the pre-workout group, but there. Was was no difference in um, sprinting, pace, peak power, aerobic performance, or blood lactate levels. So it seems like, okay, some things are improved, other things aren't. Yeah, and that kind of is true for the next one you have here, yes. which it says in, in 2023, randomized controlled trial and male cyclists completing a time trial in a high-intensity endurance cycling test. They found a significant increase in peak power in the time trial and significant increase in the time to exhaustion in the cycling test. But again, on the flip side, there was no differences in average power, time to completion, and perceived exertion between the two groups which to me the perceived exertion you would expect to be better in the pre-workout group i would think um and then two like the time to completion because the whole trial was how fast it could go you know and so and that didn't have any benefit so you wonder if something else in our body you know um i don't know takes over or something maybe it's just interesting well because it's like time to exhaustion and perceived exertion you feel like you would have less of a perceived exertion if you're not as exhausted as quickly. Mm-hmm. You know what I mean? Mm-hmm. So just like you said, yeah. it's just kind of interesting. So, yeah. But, um, but yeah, that one was interesting. And then, um, so I, I threw this one study in here because it just, it was the only one I could find with females. <laughs> so, <laughs> <Okay>. <laughs> but basically it showed that the uh, GPC um, before a workout helped the females recover their blood pressure and heart rate faster, which, you know, probably doesn't really mean anything as far as performance. But right. like I said, um, all these other studies are just in males. <laughs> so, um, I like but, that you threw one in that was female. So <laughs> I was just like, okay, we yeah. got to get one female in here. But, um, and so also, you know, again, there, these are kind of just what we saw. I've, th- there was another one with a GPC. It was in from 2017. Um, they showed some jumping improvement, but no benefits for strength movements and 
and pole movement. So um, again, you can see it's just a lot of mixed results here. So, um, and a lot of the limitations of research, which research is definitely not perfect, um, but they, they weren't really standardized for ingredients. So, and they were supplements. So did yeah. they really have what they said they had? Did they have enough? Um, the sample sizes were super small, meaning there were very few people in these studies. They were mostly males. They were mostly trained athletes. So it's kind of hard to tell if that really translates to the kind of normal population out there. Um, and then limited results in outcomes of improved health and performance in general. I just mean there weren't many things that were like, oh, yes, this definitely improves your performance at this level, like we see from things like creatine and caffeine and some of the other things. So interesting. Yeah, yeah that is interesting. And I would say, so bottom line, focus on food first. And I feel like we've said that forever. We could probably say it in every podcast. Yes. <laughs> food first, food first. Um, and your supplements should always supplement a healthy whole food eating plan for your activity, regardless of your level of competition. So they should supplement what you're already doing. Um, there's a lot of stuff that you can do, change, timing, amounts, all that stuff that um, dietitians can help with. So if you're unsure of kind of where to start and you feel like you've just kind of turned to a supplement first, um, then let us know because you could be saving a lot more money <laughs> if yeah. you did a little whole food yes. first approach. Yes. Um, the impact of consistent healthy eating, staying hydrated, fueling your workouts, getting enough sleep and proper training and recovery cycles is so much more impactful than supplements. Maria, do you want to talk about the non-supplement pre-workout suggestions? Yeah. And these are ones that are easy go-to that you can find. Cheaper. Uh, cheaper, <laughs> right? Isn't that true? So 100 to 300 calories of easy to digest carbs, like graham crackers, toast, oats, or one of those bars that you mm -hmm. can get. A fruit sports drink, uh, 8 to 16 ounces of fluid is important, so that would be water. Electrolyte water, and we've done mm -hmm. Facebook Lives and probably a podcast as well on that. Sports drinks, tea, coffee. Uh, 150 to 500 milligrams of caffeine, you can get that in coffee, uh, and then tea as well. Some of the ingredients commonly found in pre-workouts have been shown to be helpful in performance outcomes, and the placebo effect is powerful, Cassie talked a lot about that, and as long as a supplement is not unsafe, can help improve workouts. Do you want to mention more about that, Cassie? Yeah, because it's, you know, the like we said, we don't want to undermine the placebo effect. So a lot of people probably that take pre-workouts also feel like they are doing something that's mm -hmm. improving their performance. So often they will improve their performance. And again, we have no problem with that. And a lot of the ingredients, again, found in pre-workouts definitely do work. And so, um, but we want to make sure that we're emphasizing that it's not unsafe. And we, we just can't say that with pre-workouts um, because they're not regulated which we'll talk about, but um, in general. So, um, but again, the ingredients that are in them um, are, are very helpful for a lot of athletes. And uh, often a one to 2% improvement can mean a lot with a competitive athlete. And so, um, so there might be some of these ingredients that might be helpful for you after you've worked on all of your other things. Yeah, so if you do decide that a supplement is right for you, we recommend to only use an NSF certified, which means safe for sport pre-workout, so that you know what you're getting and have less of a risk for contamination or those banned substances, because it does happen, guys, that athletes get tested whenever they're in school or in their sport, and if you have a banned substance in your testing liquid, then you're going to be 
band. I was tested as an athlete. I was tested like six times in college and it's random. And I had a teammate who was taking, I don't know what she had some sort of, I don't know if it was pre-workout or something like that, but had no idea that it was contaminated. It was from, from her boyfriend and she had to sit out like eight games. Yeah. So just cause like she thought she was just taking something that might be helpful, but that's just one example of maybe something being contaminated or having a banned substance and having no idea. So ideally you want to take like a safer route. So yeah. NSF certified, food first, right. that kind of yeah. stuff. And like you said, I mean, we, we want to make sure everyone understands that just because like your friend didn't know she was getting it, that doesn't matter. It doesn't matter. Exactly. Yeah. They're, they're not like, oh, it's okay. You didn't know. They're like, doesn't matter. That's it. You're sitting yeah. Out. Yeah. You're sitting out. Yes. Mm-hmm. And so, and we do not recommend pre-workouts. Like we're talking about if you are going to take them, but we don't recommend them really for non-competitive athletes because the benefit may not outweigh the potential risks. Um, and you may not want to spend that much money on something that right. is going to maybe help with a few things when you can get some of the ingredients, uh, in a lot less expensive way mm-hmm. and, and do those separately. Um, we also don't recommend them for kids under 18 or anyone that is pregnant or breastfeeding. So just making sure that even though we're saying if you do them, we don't recommend them for those populations. Mm-hmm. And if you're curious which supplements are okay to use, the NSF website is called nsfsport.com. Um, you can look for different supplements on there. So some different brands, Clean with a K, Garden of Life, Ladder, Thorn with an E at the end, and Promix. Is that how you say it? I don't know. Promix Pro- is probably what I'd say. Promix. Yeah. yeah. So you can check that website if you're curious about supplements that might work for you and also check the ingredients for types and amounts of the ingredients in order to receive a benefit because if it's not within that protocol then it may not help help you or it may be too much to be helpful and you might be paying for a supplement that does not have the correct amount which would be a waste of money. Yes, we don't want to do that. No. So, and then you also want to look for those active ingredients without fillers, extras, or things you don't need, like added sugar, or artificial sweeteners, colors, all the things, uh, the fancy things that they do to make them probably taste good. Um, you may not need those things when you could get the the real ingredients that would help your performance in a different way. Um, and then, really, like t- to me, the bottom line too, if you want to try it, you know, make sure you're making an informed choice, which is what we're here to help you do, educate you, see what's right for you. Um, you know your body, you know what you're willing to spend, what you're willing to do um, to get that performance edge. Um, but we want you to do it in a safe way. And then track your results and see if the pre-workout is helping. I think a lot of people don't do this. They just do it because, oh, my friend's doing it. And, you know, and see, is it worth the cost? If you enjoyed today's topic, go ahead and like this episode and add a comment below. If you have a topic request, comment that below too. If you've been listening to Practical Nutrition for a while now or are brand new to our channel, go ahead and leave us a five-star review. We are continuously trying to grow this platform to share all of the nutrition knowledge that we can, and those reviews can help us do that. Thanks for tuning in to today's episode, and we look forward to seeing you next time.